Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast, bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in Tuscarawas County. Now here's your host, Jody Salvo. Hi everyone, this is Jody Salvo. Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Today we have two wonderful guests. We have Gary Spinell, um, the athletic director at Strasburg Local School District, Strasburg Franklin, right? We go by both. Okay, I'm in college Strasburg. And we have Veronica Spidell. And Veronica holds wears a whole bunch of hats. So for today, I'm just going to kind of throw some out. She is on the Anti-Drug Coalition, but she is the Alcohol Committee Chairperson. She is She's employed with um, Tuscarawas County Adams Board. Um, she is also a board member with Strasburg School District and a mom. So um, she holds a whole bunch of hats, and I think it'll be very helpful in this conversation. But today we're going to be speaking about alcohol, um, youth alcohol pre- prevention, some of the work of the Alcohol Committee with the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition. And I think Veronica can, can kind of tell us a little bit about why we're speaking about this today and some of the efforts here in Tuscarawas County. So let's start. I'll start with uh, Rick. Nope. No. Gary. Gary. <laughs> I'm going to start with you Gary right the first today. time. Because Rick isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you thought the last names were going to be yes. the ones I that know. gave you problems. Is that not funny? <laughs> yes. I, every single podcast, I have to say something about names. So, because um, I, I get them wrong all the time. Gary. Yes. So with that, I need to say, I really am glad you're here today. And, Thank you for uh, having me. Uh, thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, like you said before, I, I am the athletic director uh, at Strasburg uh, Franklin Local Schools. Um, I, I've been uh, a resident of Strasburg, well, for, for over half my life now. I've, I've been in education uh, as a social studies teacher, golf coach, okay. all at Strasburg uh, since 1992. So, um, Did you go to school there yourself, though? I did not. Okay. I did not. Tuscarawas County boy? I was, I was a... I lived in Denison, Ohio, and graduate of Claymont High you School. You were a Mustang, huh? I was a Mustang. Okay. And um, mom is still there, living in Denison, in in the house that we grew up in. Uh, but I am a, a resident of, of of Strasburg, and I've been here a long time. And, and uh, Strasburg means a lot. The yeah. community and the school mean a lot to me and my family. Nice. Very good. Glad you're here. Veronica. Hi. Hi. See, we're both transplants. You know, we yes. married into, into the Strasburg traditions. Yes. Actually, our, our spouses are cousins. Oh, fun. <laughs> so Spinell yes. and, Spinell and Spidell. But sure. It was more of the, the Haswells. The Haswells had 16 <laughs> kids. Wow. And okay. So we are, we are connected somewhere to those 16. Yes. <laughs> yes. I could, don't ask me. <laughs> I still meet a new relative every day usually yes. in there. So That's right. yeah, so I uh, moved into Strasburg. Now, where um, were you from originally? Well, I graduated from New Philadelphia. Okay. Um, but so we're my, all Tuscarawas County yeah, now. We're good. Um, I, uh, we had moved back to Tuscarawas County when Bueller's in New Philadelphia opened years ago. My dad was a manager for that company my whole life. So we moved around a lot when I was little, but we ended up here in Tuscarawas County. Nice. And you are clearly all things Strasburg as well. Very much so. Nice. Yes. Yes. We bleed orange and black now. Very good. Well, listen, today we are going to talk about alcohol use. Um, For any of our listeners out there, alcohol, uh, the uptick on alcohol has just been crazy, at least on adult consumption since the pandemic has started. So People haven't been able to get out and to recreate. So we see that 
um, store retail sale of alcohol has been very high. With that being said, I, we don't have any data to support this. It's very hard to collect youth data right now, um, basically because we don't have access to our young people as mm -hmm. of yet. Um, but we can only make some assumptions that there's probably some uptick on youth alcohol use as well. So Veronica um, is the chairperson of the Alcohol Committee. Can you kind of just tell yes, us a little bit sure. about what the Alcohol Committee yeah. is all about? So the Alcohol Committee, um, kind of our mission is uh, we, we really focus on decreasing alcohol access, the availability of alcohol and use among youth in Tuscarawas County. And really one of our goals is to bring about programming to Tuscarawas County that informs parents, teaches them how to increase their communication with, uh, with their youth about alcohol's negative impact or potential negative impact on their life. Sure. So okay. that, that's really, anytime we have activities for our committee, it is around that mission. So what kind of activities? So um, we do the Parents Who Host Lose the Most um, programming. Typically, try to roll that out around proms and graduation times. Um, this this past spring was a, a little different for us, but typically that's when you're going to see that activity. Um, we But we also, we, um, we collaborate with the Ohio State Highway Patrol, um, and we'll put out um, programming when they do their designated stops. Okay. Um, we've, we do um, alcohol server knowledge training to make sure that um, businesses that serve alcohol and sell alcohol are current on all of their um, rules and laws about serving minors and about parents and minors in their uh, facilities. Um, it's it's just been a little bit of a different year this last six months, but um, but so we had already started to plan um, rolling out uh, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. We call it SAMHSA. Um, we had already been ready to roll out that programming. It's called um, Talk They Hear You. Okay, um, and so um, and I can talk more about that as we get further into this, but um, you know that's another programming that we're going to roll out this month. Nice, nice, nice. Now. For listeners, um, clearly, I'm with the Anti-Drug Coalition as well, so I'm very familiar with the work of the Alcohol Committee um, on that committee as well. You just heard Veronica talk about parents, 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 server knowledge training, parents who host lose the most. And the reason that is, is because in the equation of youth alcohol use, it's a rental issue is every bit as much well, as a young person issue, correct? I, I, yeah. I mean, for me, parents are protective factors. And so if the parents understand the impact of alcohol use on their youth, then they can protect or help to protect or help um, build resiliency in their children to be able to say no to the alcohol. Um, but those protective factors are important um, in the prevention of alcohol use. Okay. Um, and why is it important that kids aren't drinking alcohol? Well, what research has found is that the younger the use, um, the more it impacts their brain development. Okay. Um, you know, their brains are not fully developed in those. I mean, when we're, we're, when we're talking about young use, I mean, I've come across kids that have used younger than nine. Um, the younger that they are, the more it impacts the tissue of their brain. Um, and the more likely um, that they are going to have um, like a lifelong alcohol use disorder down the road. Um, so it's just one of those things. If we can, if, if one of our goals, and it is one of our goals, if we can delay the onset of use of alcohol, 
hopefully till 21. Um, But, you know, if we can, the longer we can delay it, the less likely then that there's going to be that tissue damage that then is going to have that lifelong impact. It can be on um, their information processing, on their learning. um, And then the short-term impact when they use so young, even sometimes so old, is impulse control um, and their decision-making. You know, all of those things are impacted when that brain tissue is affected by the drug. Very good. I love that you're kind of talking about multiple consequences of youth use because I do think sometimes adults feel as long as my kid doesn't drink and drive, you know, we're good to go. I, I think we've done some poor messaging over time in the United States. You know, don't drink and drive, don't drink and drive, don't drink and drive. Missing what are some of those other negative consequences. So can you share what some of those other negative ones might be? And Gary, you're not off the hook. I'll get to you in a second. <laughs> so it could be poor grades. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be like, you know, with, with the drinking and driving, it could be injury and death, but it, you don't have to have a car involved to have injury or death from alcohol use. Um, risky sexual behavior, sexual activities, um, just overall poor, bad decision-making. Um, it, it can have a health impact. Sure. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different variables. Okay. I appreciate that. Sure. Thank you. Gary, what's your experience? You're the athletic director, um, clearly an educator and a school system. How much do you think underage alcohol consumption happens? How often impact for your young people? Uh, I'm not um, a fool to think that it does not happen. Yeah. One time is, is too much. Um, we do try to uh, have our coaches. I think our coaches have huge influence on our on our athletes and, and on our teachers as well, on our students. Yep. Uh, I, I think that helps. We have preseason parent meetings, and, and in those parent meetings, uh, it is it is talked about if the, if students use alcohol, tobacco, uh, drugs, there is there is a penalty, uh, okay. and, and that penalty is not to to try to get them or or to punish them. It is to try to prevent them. Sure, is try to to give them that out of of not being involved. Yeah, uh, peer pressure is is huge, and if we can promote not being involved. Uh, if we can help anybody, then then that's what we're trying to do. We have, like I said, we, we do have uh, ways that there are penalties. And, and with those penalties, not only the penalties are being denied participation in a game, but everyone has to has to have an assessment. OK. Uh, and, and that's that's the biggest thing we want out of that is if, if there is a problem. Teachers wear many hats, but they're not professionals in being able to tell somebody if they have a substance abuse uh, problem. So by having that assessment with a licensed counselor goes a long way in, in helping us uh, to, to help these yeah. student athletes. I love that you kind of talk about this is not schools are not trying to be punitive. And I know sometimes parents can kind of react like, oh, you know, my kid got in trouble. And if you do this, they're going to have a record or they're going to see a judge or we're in a treatment agency and what are people going to think and say? But at the end of the day, the thought is, look, you know, if your kid's experimenting for whatever reason, first time use, maybe they have an issue with alcohol. There's an underlying reason going on there, whether it is curiosity, but if it's peer pressure or if it is, we're already initiating that screening with that counselor 
is hopefully going to catch something, whether it's just, hey, our eyes are on you, we're looking out for you, or kind of seeing what are maybe some root causes of that experimentation. I think it's important for people to know that, you know, at the end of the day, that referral to treatment or to an assessment has the best interests of that young person in mind, because we know treatment's effective and we know the earlier we intervene, the more effective we're going to be as well. So I appreciate that. You talked about the influence of a coach. Want to expound on that at all? Coaches have a huge influence on our, on our student athletes. They really do. And in many cases, these student athletes spend more time with their teachers and their coaches than, than they do with their parents. Um, Parents are pulled in different directions with work, other children, and, and they are looked upon as, as a, a role model. Um, our coaches, we strive to, to give them a positive experience in the sport. Yeah. That's, for m- many of these kids, their best two hours of the day is being there at practice, yep. is being in that game, is being with their friends, uh, being involved. That, that's where, that's where they are accepted. And, and I always try to, to share with our coaches saying, this may be the best time of not just this year, but of their life. And, and let's make sure we're doing everything we can to make sure that they're having a positive, positive impact on them. I was just listening to Percy Garner's podcast. What's, what's the name of his podcast? 99 miles per hour um, the other day. And he was speaking on this one podcast about his coaches. And I mean, he was naming coaches from like little league on. And you could tell these men of influence definitely impacted his life. I had no doubt hearing him that Coach Ift, or I think he mentioned Coach Gunther, as he was naming these coaches that we all know from Tuscarawas County, there was no doubt if the expectation was, Percy, you are not going to use because you are valuable to this team. I think it definitely would have been something that he would have heeded. Um, so I appreciate just that mindfulness of an athletic director to say to all of your coaches, your reach is much further than you will ever know. You know, these kids, they're aspiring to be on the team. They're aspiring to do good things. They're aspiring to please you, you know? So even just those words are super helpful, you know, not only don't drink, but I don't want you to drink because, because the consequences of those can, can be further reaching than you might realize. So very neat. Well, it's hard, you know, when you have students who suffer those consequences um, when they're not in practice, you know, for six months or, you know, because if they have multiple, you know, sometimes they could be out a whole year and you hope and pray that the protective factor at home is wrapping services and the needed um, supports around that student athlete um, to make better decisions down the road, but it's not always the case. And sometimes that home environment isn't supportive. And so it's, it's, I think there's a constant struggle and pull of, you know, yes, they need to have consequences, but gosh, if, if they're not here, sure. are they getting any support? And I, and I think, I think that our coaches, and, I, and I don't, I'm not even just saying in Strasburg, I think just overall in Tuscross County, we have really caring coaches that even if a student is suspended, or, you know, can't participate for a while, they, they do their best to continue to reach out and to continue yeah. to offer um, support so that they can see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. If I start to make different decisions, if I, um, if I, 
if I can put this aside, if I can address this issue or whatever the root causes for why I'm drinking or using drugs can be addressed, um, I can come back sure, and I can be a, a contributing part and positive influence and maybe even be an example to somebody who a younger student down the road to say, you don't want to make that step. You don't want to go to that party. Yep. You don't, you know, you don't want to hang with that person. You know, you can't yeah. choose who your teammates are. And, uh, you know, I think for student athletes, that's hard sometimes because yeah. there are stu- some student athletes that more, that are more adept at hiding their behaviors because it's a learned behavior because it's a, sure. it's a home environment learned, um, behavior. So I just, I, th- I think that, you know, the coach's role, it's not just even just a practice because when that student athlete isn't there anymore, um, they're continuing their, their continued outreach is so impactful. Um, and I'm sure Gary sees it too. You know, we get invited to graduation parties and, um, you know, we get thank you cards and, you know, there's always something in the card because my hus- husband coaches a lot and there's always something in the card, um, about his impact, um, and that he believed in them. Okay. And, um, I just think that you don't know that you don't know your reach. Yeah. Um, and you know what? There's so much that you just said, like one is, and I hope listeners understand this. I have the privilege of interfacing with a lot of schools and guidance counselors and educators. You're not in that sphere. If you do not love students and y'all are adults and you've lived life and we don't expect that kids aren't ever going to not make dumb decisions. I mean, part of being a kid is your brain is not fully developed. And, you know, as a parent, when your kid does make a really dumb choice, you go, what were you thinking? And they're just going, uh, because they weren't. So it's not that we're not expecting that kids aren't going to have a bad choice, Mm -hmm. but as educators and coaches and school systems and treatment providers and prevention staff, what we want to do is make those learning lessons. And we do want to intervene as early as possible. So we want parents to know if your kid does experiment with alcohol or marijuana or one of these, you know, if you see signs or symptoms of risky behavior, um, what, what should you do? Ask for help. Right away. I mean, right it, away. There, we have multiple agencies and resources in the community that can wrap around families and support them through whatever the issue yep. is, whether it's mental health services, whether it's substance use, whether it's a combination of both. It could be a traumatic event. Yep. Um, you know, w- these things tend to spiral if we try to bury them yep. in the sand. Yep. Um, and it's just, it's better to address it and, and, be transparent about it within the family and with, you know, and just within um, just asking for help. So I'm just going to throw that, just make this very clear. If you're a parent or if you're in our community and something's going on in your house, your young person's experimenting, you see some things that kind of make you feel uneasy, whether it's social, emotional, depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety, substance use, initiation, just reach out for help. We have great agencies. You can call the Adams Board. Yeah, that's for part of my yeah, that's part of my role as manager of community services at the Alcohol Drug Addiction Mental Health Board is that I have parents, I have 
parents of adults, parents of youth that call me and say, this is what my child is experiencing. Who do I reach out to for help? And that's part of my role is to identify where are they at? Where do they, you know, do they want to go to services in the county that they live in? Do they want to go out of county? I mean, I can help you find whatever resource it is um, that you need um, to get connected to. Nice. And Veronica would then steer you kind of to the, your options here in the community. We have great resources. There would be an assessment and that assessment, just kind of figuring out what's going on, you know, and again, getting that help is just super important. But, and that, the assessment is about, you have to be, you have to be at a place where you're being honest about what's happening. Because if you walk into an assessment as a parent or a youth and you're not being honest about the use or about the trauma that somebody's experienced, um, it, it just can take so much longer um, for there to be healing. Yeah. So Gary and Veronica, you guys are both in the school. What are some of the efforts the schools are doing to address substance use? Uh, the school has... A, a new program that just starting is, is the Hope Squad. Oh, it, nice. It, yeah, I mean, it deals not just with substance abuse, but in the but in helping others. So we're really excited about that going on. Um, now, did you guys just start on that? I'm familiar with it from Tuskegee Valley. But. Well, that's that's why Strasburg is familiar with it. Okay. Uh, our, our principal, Adam Hall, is uh, in the process. It was full go last year, and then... School kind of stopped there and, and everything else did. But uh, uh, he, he is in the process of uh, the room across from the athletic office they're fixing up right now uh, for that's going to be just the Hope Squad uh, room that we have. Um, we have, you know, big brothers, big sisters come in. Real to quick school. on the Hope Squad, just so everyone understands. That's like a peer-to-peer yes. um, type effort. So young people are chosen from within the student body is trusted peers that are then trained, right? And then can kind of work peer-to-peer with their friends. Exactly. They are trained and then they are working peer-to-peer because uh, that's the best. The the kids... The kids know and the kids respond to, to each other. Yep. Uh, sometimes they're a little hesitant, maybe with an adult. Uh, if, if, the, if the students can do it within themselves, that is, that is huge. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's new to us. We're excited about it. Um, and it's, I, I think it's going to be a, a great experience for nice. us. And you guys have a phenomenal school counselor as well. We do. We do. Lindsay Tidrick does, does a great job. And the, great, the advantage that we have is we're all in one building. Okay. Um, so... A lot of times when you're, if, even if you're in the cafeteria, there could be a kindergartner sitting there, sitting there having lunch and a senior at the next table. Yeah. Uh, a lot of places that does not work, but uh, it does for us because we're, we're so used to that. And, and having, you know, the guidance counselor there, like you said, with Mrs. Titrick is being available to the younger ones and the older ones. And so uh, she would know them over a long period of time. I'm sure that's very helpful as well. Yes. There's, you mentioned there's big brothers, big sisters. I guess that probably works pretty well when you have everybody in the same building, huh? In in the same building, it does it works exceptional in one cafeteria uh, where they will come in. And even a, a lot of those older kids that we have, um, a lot of them are CCP students that okay. they go to college and, and they're not at Strasburg on Fridays. Well, here they come at lunchtime coming back uh, on their day off. When, when Now, are they doing that for community service hours or are uh, they doing it because they care? I, they're doing it because they care. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, that's we, we do have other things that are community service, but uh, that is something that I uh, believe that they do come back and and they, they they relish the opportunity to do that because 
they, they know they can have an impact. You know, they may play yeah. it off like, oh, I got to go back. I could be sitting here studying, we'll call it, but they're, they, they like, they like it. So listeners, a couple things. If you're listening on Spotify or on the podcast, it's audio. That's one thing. If you're looking on our video, you can see Gary's face. And I love, <laughs> I love doing interviews when I see this because his face has lit up since we started talking about what Strasburg is doing. And I'm not just singling out Strasburg. I'm going to say all the Tuscarawas County schools. We have educators that smile when they talk about the pride of their schools and the efforts in their buildings. And I'm saying this because we are in the middle of a pandemic. I cannot even begin to imagine how stressful it is to be in any kind of an educator in any form, administration, school board members. I get that. But I want people to understand the schools are intentionally trying to meet student need. So that education is vitally important. We know that. We know we need to teach our kids to read and to do math and to compete and understand science. But we also need to be so intentional on the social emotional learning piece um, because there's probably a lot of trauma. And Veronica's used that word a couple times so we can I can let her expound on it. But Oh my goodness, we have kids whose lives have been turned upside down as much as our adults, you know, and they may or may not be in a really great environment in the home and in the community. So I love hearing about these programs or efforts that really are kind of building protective factors in our young people, their safety nets, their how do we leverage what we have to help others. So um, I could see your face just smiling when you're talking about those older kids mentoring those younger kids because that makes a difference. Absolutely. It sure does. I I can remember being that little kid and I can still remember those big kids who they, they were they were my idols. Uh and then I can I can still see them to this day. And if I would see them walking down the street, I would I would run right up to them and talk to them because of how I felt. Now do you think that accountability, so we know it's having an impact on our young ones. Do you think those older ones have that accountability to make better choices because those little eyes are looking at them? I, I sure hope so because there's, there's no other, uh, letting someone down is, is probably the worst feeling. Uh, and, and if it is letting that little one down, then yeah. we'll use that as, as, as a way to do the right thing. We'll take it. Yeah. Well, we also, we work with um, the Youth to Youth program as well. Um, we also have that. You yes. do. Y'all yes. have, first yes. of all, Mrs. Delcoma yes. is like a mover shaker, kind of amazing woman. Um, but that program at Strasburg is super effective and I get to compare them to other districts. But I, I do think part of that is you have a great advisor. But I do think that having all age groups in a building does bring in some accountability because it just seems like those older ones are really working to make a difference in that school climate and in building. Definitely. I mean, and I think the, I mean, the, our youth to youth, I mean, they, they'll do door decorating. They'll, um, they'll put messaging into our, our hallways have, what are they? Were they supposed to be trophy cases? I don't know. Like, but they're kind of like those glass cases, yes. you know. And so they'll do they'll do some really neat messaging um, around prevention, um, and and you know that our little ones are seeing that too, you know. Right. So so they're 
messaging to one another peer to peer, but then they're also messaging. So they, they do great work cool. in our community. Any other efforts in the school? Kind of either their uh, substance use or just that mental health factor? I'm trying to think in our elementary, um, I can't, and I, I was sitting here trying to rack my brain. I know my kids went through it. Um, T4C offers oh, yeah. um, something and I can't remember what it's called. Healthy choices, Healthy, right? Yes. I, and so I know that we have that in our maybe third to fifth grade um, age range around that age range, maybe. No? We do. We, yes. we have groups that come up yeah. all the way into high school. I know in the, nice. in the health classes, so, um, um, they come in and, and speak and it, it's, it's effective. It, it really is. It's good to hear from somebody else yeah. once in a while instead of just our people. Nice. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate all that the school's doing. Veronica, I'm going to take us back to, you had mentioned a campaign coming up. Yes. Tell us about that. Okay. So the campaign is called Talk They Hear You. Okay. And it's an underage drinking prevention national campaign. It's been around for a couple of years. We, you know, you might've seen it in other communities being rolled out. I think sometimes they have national TV ads on this one. Every they, once in a while, they have some, one. I think what's lovely about SAMHSA is that um, they create um, the public service announcements and they create really nice videos so that as a rural community that might not always have the funding available, like we don't have to, to do a lot of that legwork to roll something like this out. We just really have to have, start to have conversations and make sure that that information gets to the right key places in the community so that the messaging is across the county. Okay. And so we've really worked hard this year um, to, uh, to bring that to Task Cross um, to Task Cross County. Um, it's really about reducing underage drinking. It's about, increasing parent and caregiver knowledge about why drinking has negative impacts. And we're really, it's really for the nine year olds to 15 year old, you know, parents that have those sure. ages to, um, to just really start to address, um, alcohol use, um, or la you know, wanting to have the lack of alcohol use early on with their kids and just how important it is to communicate about it. And I'm going to touch on, you know, Back in 2018, we had our second community health improvement survey that was done. And as part of that survey, adults are surveyed, but youth are also surveyed. And so I brought a few of our, our oh, data points um, with me today, just because I think, I don't know that everyone has heard what our youth reported um, in that survey. And so this gets done every year or every three years. Um, 38% of sixth to 12th graders in 2018 had said that they had at least had one alcoholic drink in the last, you know, in, in one day of their life, you know, um, 38%. That's, you know, okay. So then 16% um, of sixth to 12th graders responded that they were current drinkers, that they had at least had one drink of alcohol in the last 30 days. Yeah. Um, and then, you, you know, you go further on and it's like 8% of sixth to 12th graders said they were binge drinkers. That means that they had at least one day had drank five drinks in an hour. 8% um, had said that they had drank before the age of 13. 41% um, of current drinkers um, said that, I think this is huge, and I want everybody to hear, they had gotten their alcohol from somebody they knew. Okay, 41%. 41% had gotten the alcohol that they drank from someone they knew. And so whether that was out of their parents' liquor cabinet, whether that was out of somebody's garage refrigerator, whether that was at the bonfire that somebody held after a football game, they had, or, you know, or maybe their friends got it from their, you know, sure. Some, they had 41%. That That's a huge number that I think that a campaign like this could be impacted by. Um, and then 11% 
said that they had, you know, this goes back to what you said. It's not all about drinking and driving, but 11% of them had gotten into a vehicle where someone and that's had, a was drinking percentage and driving. When you think of our rural roads we have out here, I yeah. mean, we don't want anyone on any road drinking and driving, no, but, but we have a, you know, it's a different world now. When I, I, at least when I was in high school, I wasn't, I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of friends that I kept in con with, contact with in other other sure. school districts. I saw them when I went to a game. Sure. Nowadays, our kids are driving to Central Catholic and they're driving out to Garraway and they're, they're driving out. They, they, because they're so connected on social media um, and they build their relationships um, that way. But they also, when they're, when these people are from Tuscross County, they're going out and supporting one another in person too, which I think is fabulous, but our kids are exposed, they're to, so exposed much more. to so much more you know, just traveling than, uh, than I, I, you know, some people would say I probably was raised in a little bit of a bubble. I lived out in the country. I didn't do a lot of that, but you know, it's just one of those things where I just wasn't something that we did all the time was, you know, travel country roads. So 11% had drove with someone that was drinking. So these are the numbers that my hope is, is that when this survey is done, what in 2021, I think, yeah, this I school think year, they'll probably, year. they'll, 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 um, They'll survey the kids this year and then the, the information will come out next year. You know, I would hope that we could have impacted this num these numbers and that these were decreased somewhat okay. by this campaign. So this one is Talk They Hear You. And one of the things we know from the anti-drug coalition or from the prevention world is research really supports that the number one most effective thing to prevent youth substance use is a parental voice. Yes. And I think often parents might feel or can feel that uh, they're the sounding gong and their kids are not hearing them. But even if the kids roll on their eyes and they're going, oh, mom, oh, dad, that voice is super important. Now, I've also been involved in focus groups around alcohol with our young people. And over and over and over again, we'll ask parents, and this is on that community health status assessment, Parents will report having effective conversations around alcohol or conversations around substance use with their young people. And then the young people report, nope, not having a conversation with my parent. So when you look at that data, it doesn't mean I, I'm not thinking the parents are lying on their survey. But you wonder, is there a breakdown in what is an effective conversation and I've looked at this talk, the Hear You campaign, and it's great because it helps parents to understand what is an effective conversation around substance use or alcohol with our young people. Because our young people just don't want to hear, just say no. Like, I know we grew up in that era, but this generation really wants authenticity. They want to understand things. They have access to so much research and information. Um, so... When we're having a conversation, kids over and over say, hey, just say no isn't enough for me. Like, I need to understand why. And you know what? Parents might not always have that information because we're about the same age right here. We went to school. We, we didn't get anything more than just say no. And some of it was the research who wasn't even there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We didn't know back in the 80s and 90s what we know now. So some parents might feel like, huh, well, what do I say? How do I have this conversation? And I love that campaign because there's videos, they show you how, there's prompts, there's discussion points, um, because I think that's what the kids want. They want honest, open dialogue with their parents 
about why they should not be using? I'll be, I mean, so my, my kids will be a freshman and a seventh grader this year. And I've said to my freshman more so than my seventh grader at this time, um, you know, you're going to get invited to parties now you're going to it's going to yeah, just it's it, gonna the, the, the the tone of maybe what you're introduced to is going to be different um and i want i just i want her to be prepared because she's going to have decisions that i'm not going to be there to help her make those decisions she needs to be able to make those autonomous decisions on her own in the moment when the pressure is on sure. and so the messaging that we have given her right now is that if you end up at someone's house, at a party that you're uncomfortable with and you're uncomfortable saying to your driver, cause she doesn't drive yet, I wanna go home. All you have to do is text us. Yep. And we have come up with, um, you know, we have come up with our own kind of code that if we get that in a text message, we are there. Yep. No questions asked at that point, you know, we're coming to get you yep. because you have reached out for, you know, and um, you know, I we don't want, want our kids to ever be afraid to say, I made the decision to come to this, but I, I know that I don't want to be here. Um, but I'm, I'm scared. I don't, you know, don't sure. know who to talk. It, it just, I think that that's, that's a, that's a part of the conversation you have to have. Kids are, some kids are afraid of getting in trouble. Some kids sure. want to, um, they'll, they'll stay in a, a poor situation because they don't, want it to look poorly on them. Um, there's a, a huge, you know, they, they don't want to loot. I think it's, especially for girls, you know, it's like there's, there's this perfection, mm -hmm. um, expectation sometimes. And that if I make a mistake or if I admit that I make a mistake, then I, you, you know, I'm going to be looked at, um, differently now. Um, and so just trying to get that messaging across that, you know, you can call us day or night. Yep. And, and those conversations have to have when way before you go into that party, mm -hmm. those start back, you know, when they're in elementary school and they're going to a sleepover. Right about whatever the decisions they're making at that the examples point have just changed yeah. <laughs> but if you're talking in fourth and fifth grade about that same kind of concept mm -hmm. you know if they're putting on a movie and you know it's inappropriate you know text me blah 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 i'll make up a reason i'm the adult right. i will come i can be you. the bad person yeah, in this absolutely. situation definitely so i you know i think this campaign is really good about giving parents examples and ideas about um, just how to talk to their kids about the peer pressure that they're going to face at these parties at, you know, in these situations, um, you know, how they can word um, their responses when they are uncomfortable or, or want to get out of that situation. So um, I, th I think that the, I don't know if you mentioned it or not. Um, the campaign also has an app uh -huh. so you can do the talk. They hear you um, app for parents. And so you could even have it in the palm of your hand, nice. you know, as you're having a conversation, you know, cause you know, everybody's sitting at the restaurant looking at their phones while they're waiting and for the food to come. And so then that, you know, those prompts could even just, you know, come up on an app and then you could just start a dialogue just over supper someday. Sweet. So, Very cool. Yeah. What else? Oh, what else is there? I don't know, Gary, what else is there? Oh. How old are your kids, Gary? Uh, I have a son that's 22 and a daughter that's 20. Oh, our kids are the same age. So mm -hmm. you've had all these conversations, huh? We've been, we've been through that. And, and they've always made great choices, right? Yeah, I will say yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. But I still worry every day. <laughs> yeah, we, we do a lot of talking still at our house. Absolutely. Well, very neat. Anything else? Um, I guess I just want to, you know, after this podcast, if you have questions, I mean, so you can go to SAMHSA's website or you can Google SAMHSA or you can Google Talk They Hear You um, to find out a lot more sure. of the resources that we talked about. But the other, you know, we have the adctask.org 
website that's an awesome resource um the adams board has a website adamhtc.org um addictionpolicy.org is a phenomenal website also they have some really great videos if you if you as a parent don't understand addiction Mm -hmm. and don't understand um, the impact of addiction on brain development addiction policy has created some really elementary videos that I find very useful um, because it just meets me where I'm at. um, And, and I can watch a three minute video and um, you know, so they have videos on what addiction is um, the risks. um, It it just, there's a whole line of them. So, and they're free and, and really it would take a half hour of your time to really watch it. And to me, like information is power as a parent. Like I don't like these, you know, our kids, they want answers and they want to have this dialogue and this conversation. But if I don't feel like I can talk, um, you're not comfortable. If I'm not comfortable talking about a topic, you know, and I just don't have the information in my brain because it just hasn't stuck there. Like I'll go back and I'll, I'll try to do some research before I go into the the conversation. And this, that website, that addiction policy, you know, it's just funny you say that because I do a lot of speaking around the County and I mean, addiction is something that I talk about often, but I can't tell you the number of times I click on that video before I go give an addiction 101 talk because it just lays it out so well. It's beautiful. You know, it I, I mean, why why recreate a wheel when it's already there for yeah. you? I, you know, I just, I, I think that it would be, you know, that website and those videos would be great for health classes. It would be Absolutely. great for, I mean, they're, they're short snippets and it help, it would help kids. It, it, and some of them are made for kids and some of them are made for adults, but it's just, um, it's, I it's, it's an, it, share those out to the school yeah, district. It's an important, it's an important topic to try to understand. We have a lot of parents who are struggling with addiction in our County. And I don't know that they had this type of dialogue yeah. 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, and it's become a lifelong issue that they haven't been able to address. Um, they haven't been able to quite make it into recovery. Um, recovery is possible at any age. Absolutely. And I want that to be a message that everybody hears also. You know, we're, we're, we're focusing a lot on the youth, but if you are a parent and you're struggling with addiction, recovery is possible now. And again, there there are a lot of probably mistakes that you've made along the way and a, probably a lot of hurt and um, healing that needs to happen and forgiveness that needs to happen along the way. But there are a lot of recovery resources in our community to support you, um, whether it's through our our behavioral health agencies, whether it's through our faith-based communities. um, We have a tremendous amount of support in our community. And so again, if you as a parent are struggling call me at the Adams board. I'm happy to connect you to resources because the stronger and more healthy you are as a parent, then the more you're able to have these difficult conversations with your child and youth about, um, these are the choices that I made. This is the path that it took me on. Um, and, and I don't want you to have to recreate that. If you can learn, uh, we're always looking. And if you are in recovery, um, I'm going to throw this out there too. If you are in in recovery and have been in recovery for a while, um, you're needed as a peer supporter for other adults who are coming into recovery. And so, um, you know, if you are someone that is willing to be a peer supporter, reach out to me and I can get you connected to, um, to training to become a peer supporter as an adult for those in recovery. Nice. Man, you just covered a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm going to wrap some of that up real quick. Okay. So if you're looking for resources, you can go to the Adams Board, 
ADAMHTC.org. Um, they would have resources, community directory. Um, I know I posted on Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition Facebook um, this week, so it's on the top of the page, the Community Resources Recovery Support Services. If you go to the adctusk.org website, um, it has all that youth prevention stuff, including how to talk to your kid on all the substance and also can then take you back to the talk they hear you SAMHSA campaign. That might be the easiest way to go around that. So we're not throwing out a million different Mm -hmm. places for y'all to look, but the resources are there. Whether you're struggling with addiction, you're in treatment, you're a young person, you're a parent trying to protect your kids. We do have great resources. We have great people. We have great schools. Um, So I think what I was hearing you say is reach out, Mm -hmm. learn more, whether it's for yourself, for your family, for your young person, and anyone that's involved in the education field or the social service community really wants the best for our our individual persons in our community. So um, I'm going to add one more thing. If, If your family or someone in your family is in the middle of a crisis, whether it's a mental health crisis or a substance use crisis in Tuscarawas County, we have a 24-7 crisis line that operates. It's 330-343-1811. And that is, if it's in midnight, 2 a.m., you can call them and they will they will one talk to you and, and talk you through the crisis and give you some direction. And then they'll also give you some resources that you can call first thing in the morning. Um, you know, there's, I don't have these numbers memorized, but you know, there's national yeah. suicide crisis lines. You can Christ, um, there's the crisis text line. You can text, um, for hope to seven, four, one, seven, four, one. Um, you know, so there are a lot of crisis intervention resources in addition to what we've already talked about that, you know, sometimes these things don't happen between eight and five yep. and um, you're like, I just need someone to talk to. And there are numbers out there that you can talk to. Perfect. Great. So we have a lot of resources. I am going to take it back to alcohol real quick. I just want listeners to be mindful. We have an uptick in adult alcohol consumption. The pandemic has created stress on pretty much everybody. Even if your life hasn't really changed, it's changed. So um, substance use just seems to be a way, a release and escape for a lot of people. So we just need to be mindful of that. You need to be mindful of adults if you don't have a problem, but your alcohol consumption is more and it's in your home. The young people are watching. So just be mindful of what you're modeling. Be mindful of having conversations because again, it's legal and okay for adults to drink, but You know, if our young people are watching, you know, just to have conversations about, you know, it is illegal. It is not okay over the, under the age of 21. It's not healthy under the age of 21. You know, it definitely can increase your chance for addiction or other problems. So um, just to be mindful of alcohol consumption or substance use at this point, have conversations. There's tons of help available. Take advantage of the Talk They Hear You campaign because it's a valuable resource and, um, I think that's it, Gary. Uh, Any last things? No, just uh, as I'm going, hearing all this, I am, my brain is, is going, uh, you're ready to talk for another hour, aren't you? (laughs) Where to start. And, and that's just what you talked about. No, people don't know where to start and where to get that. Now, now you get it out there that they know that, that is so important of where to start and to be able to do that. And, And everything you said is right. 
these these our student athletes and our our students they pick up things that we don't think they do. Yep. Yep. So I appreciate you having me here. Okay, uh, thanks so much. Been, I appreciate it's been being fantastic. here. Veronica, thank you. thank you so much. Just a wealth of information out there. Great person for us to reach out to thanks. if you have any questions about the community. Uh, Veronica kind of knows where everything's at and where it can be found. And she, if she doesn't, she will figure out where, uh, what direction to shoot you. So and listen. Yeah. So thank you. And listen, we're going to wrap it up for today's podcast on preventing alcohol among our young people. Gary, Veronica, thanks for coming. And listeners, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.